Welcome to the IonaHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. It's episode 28 of the IonaHoops.com podcast, and oh my god. The Iona Gales have just eliminated the top seeded Sienna Saints and moved to 11 and 0 all time in postseason play against our biggest rivals. Sorry, Sienna fans, but March belongs to the Gales always and forever. Let's recap this tremendous win. This one was a defensive war, uh, and three quarters uh, of the way through this one, it certainly didn't look like it was going to go Iona's way. Camper and Golson had back-to-back dunks, and with 9.33 to play, Sienna led 39-30. That's right, 39-30 with 9.33 to go. A minute later, the margin was still 9, 42-33. What proceeded to occur after that should find a spot in Iona lore as, quote-unquote, the time we knew we were truly a Patino team. The Gales shut out Siena from that 8.33 mark until there were just 19 seconds left in the game, so more than eight minutes of shutout hoops. Meanwhile, Iona seniors Ross and Gist made clutch baskets and free throws, and this one was over. But not the way it had been looking, that's for sure. Uh, tremendous defense and resolve was able to overcome just really perfect Sienna defense throughout the game in this one. Um, the Gales find a, found a way to win uh, in a game where they shot just 25% from the field for the game. I mean, that's insane. This was not a statistical gem for Iona in any means, but some quick numbers. Uh, Gist was 10 of 10 from the line and led all scorers with 16. Ross spent the day harassed by Sienna defenders, but was able to get to 14 points and also had seven boards. Uh, Barry Jean-Louis had some big second-half shots to keep Iona in it when nobody else was, <laughs> and he finished with 11 points and five steals. And Dylan Van Eyck contributed six, po- six points and eight rebounds. Just a wild, wild game, and one where the character of the Gales was on display, as Rick Pitino talked about in the post-game press conference. Well, as, as, as everybody knows, I've been coaching a long time, and... These type games go down as one of my favorites because nothing was going well for us. And that's a, that's a tribute to Sienna's defense. But when the game was on the line and we were down, we didn't hang our heads and say, we're not making shots. I said, just be the better defensive team. Don't give up the three. Don't give up a second shot. We will come back and win. I'm really, really proud of, of our two seniors because one was two for 15, the other was five for 14, and they never hung their heads. They just wanted to win the game, and what happened? They got rewarded. Asante makes every free throw, he goes 10 for 10, and Isaiah makes the big shots. Um, that's, to me, that's the true definition of character, these two guys. Um, I'm so proud of them. So I'm joined by Jaden Daly to get some hot takes here after the uh, Iona Siena showdown that really was every bit of a showdown as you can possibly get. It was much more of a grind than I think a lot of us thought it was going to be. Um, Jaden, talk about what you were thinking about as that game kind of went on. And then, of course, the last nine minutes or so where Iona just dominated the rest of the way. Well, guy, I'll tell you this much. When Siena was up nine with 8.33 to go, after Jalen Pickett and Colin Golson 
got the two fast break dunks and Pitino called the timeout. I I thought Siena was home free and they were going to get it into double digits and start rolling from there. But I want to play defense, which is something that we've seen over the years under Tim Kloos and stretches, but I don't think we've ever seen and no disrespect to Tim. And I want to wish him a happy belated birthday. His birthday was yesterday, Tuesday, but no disrespect to Tim. I don't think we've ever seen an Iona defense like this in quite some time holding Siena without a point for over eight minutes and going on a 16-0 run to steal a quarterfinal win away when it looked almost impossible eight minutes prior. I, I was very impressed with how Iona was committed defensively. I was mystified by Pick and Camper not being able to get anything going for Siena. And Carmen Massarello mentioned it in his post-game press conference that guys relaxing with a lead has been Siena's Achilles heel. We saw that tonight. Iona took advantage, pounced on the opportunity, and now here we are again. I, I guess it's a sign that we're no longer in a parallel universe and the world is getting back to its regular rotations because Here's Iona, the favorite to win the MAC tournament, and barring an absolute miracle or act of God or some other unforeseen MAC disasters that you and I have not even experienced. I, I think this tournament is pretty much over, and Iona's the overwhelming favorite now to cut down the nets, and rightfully so. They've, they've earned it. They've, they've played very well twice 24 hours apart against Quinnipiac and now Siena. And now they get to take on either a Marist or Niagara team with about a 40-something hour turnaround before coming back out on the floor. And that's only going to benefit this group for the better as well. I want to talk about the other side of the bracket real quick. I mean, I agree Marist Niagara is going to be fun, and it's certainly neither one is going to be a pushover in the semis. So we'll we'll put that aside and put a pin in that. But what is going on on the other side of this bracket? Well, Jay Young and Fairfield have found a groove. It's almost like the 2018 bracket where the one, two, and three seeds were all eliminated before I even got on the court. I, I noticed that parallel too, and Fairfield comes in, steals one from Manhattan in overtime Tuesday night, comes in now tonight, and Monmouth just didn't have it offensively, which surprised me because I thought Monmouth was good enough to get to the finals. Same. Taj Benning and Supreme Cook go for 35 and 26 between the two of them, and Fairfield, here they are. It's like Tyler Nelson and Marcus Gilbert all over again, throwing it to John Cassababu. And now we have, uh, you know, Ryder and St. Peter's tomorrow. St. Peter's suddenly is the highest seed standing. Uh, and, you know, Ryder just blew them out uh, a couple weeks back. I mean, that's not, not going to be an easy game for St. Peter's. We could be looking at a Ryder, an 11 seed Ryder versus seven, feet, seven seed Fairfield in, in that side of the bracket in the semis. Well, don't forget, and I hate to be that guy, but Kevin Badger has never gotten out of the quarterfinals. But this year is different because I think this Ryder team is playing with house money. And with all the talent that he's had in the program before with Stevie Jordan, with Demencio Vaughn, 
And even before that with Daniel Stewart and Anthony Miles before, before that in the early 2010s, I don't think Riders had a player like Dwight Murray. Definitely not in the backcourt and definitely not in the program since Jason Thompson. Murray's going to make a big difference. I think this Ryder group's playing with house money, and it wouldn't shock me if they beat St. Peter's. Alan Powell made a few threes two weeks ago, and Ryder was able to roll from there. If St. Peter's has struggles with its offense tomorrow night, and Shaheen Holloway's been vocal about that, wouldn't shock me to see Ryder go up a few points early on and try to run away with the game. It's the max. Stranger things have happened, and just about anything's possible. Well, so far we've had anti-chalk with Fairfield being the only higher seed team to win their game. And Manhattan was actually a Vegas favor in that game by one. So uh, do you think that's going to continue here, uh, at least in some, some aspects? It very well could. And if Anthony Nelson was able to find an open lane last night, Manhattan probably would have been in the quarterfinals against Monmouth. There's, of course... We, don't, we won't know how that game would have turned out between Manhattan and Monmouth. Two teams played close in the regular season, but it's very possible. And you look at Maris Niagara in, on the other side of the bracket, which will probably be in the 50s or low 60s. John Dunn will look to do John Dunn things. And Niagara's a much better defensive team than a lot of people give them credit for. I, I do want to see how Greg Paulus gets his group to play coming off a of pause. That's another variable that, that could play into the right hands here on either side. I, I'm very interested to see how that game turns out. The only downside to that is I'm probably going to be too busy watching Rutgers to <laughs> give it my full attention. Yes, we, we know that you are spread rather thin. And of course, with the chaos that is the MAC tournament, you can only enjoy it in small doses, um, whereas I get to enjoy it all the time so see that's hey. why i that's why i miss the springfield and albany the old format where all of this was settled the week before the high majors even got involved mm, i hear you i hear you um well hey i i appreciate you taking time i know you're swamped so i'm gonna let you go thank you for uh helping us uh recap this fun iona siena game and uh looking forward to the rest of this tournament we'll be in touch not a problem guy hopefully you get more sleep than I am this week. I have a feeling I might. We'll see. Thanks a lot, man. No problem, brother. Bye. And now let's preview the Max semifinals, which will be getting underway Friday night. know exactly who the gals will be seeing Friday, but we do know it's either fourth-seeded Marist or fifth-seeded Niagara, two teams Iona did not see during the regular season. Uh, I refer you to our MAC preview episode for more details on this quarterfinal matchup, which takes place Thursday night. Uh, but in summary, it's a bit of contrast in styles with John Dunn's defense, the focal point, but also to be considered as Niagara coming off a COVID pause and really only having a few days of practice time leading up to this one. Uh, some names to know. The Red Foxes placed two players on the All-Mac Rookie Team. Oh, congrats to Iona's Nilly Jr. Joseph for being Mac Rookie of the Year, by the way. Um, but Maris had guards Hakeem Bird and Ricardo Wright make the team. Meanwhile, Niagara placed its two guards on the All-Mac Second Team, Marcus Hammond and Kobe Nwandu. Given that both teams are solid in the backcourt, it looks like the frontcourt play could decide this one. Should be fun, and we look forward to facing the Survivor on Friday.
been great to be here in Lake City to bring you these recaps and previews. I hope I'm here until Saturday doing this. But make no mistake, beating Sienna is always special. Yeehaw. And tonight is no exception. Time to think semis, though. And it's time to get ready for that. Go Gales. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com and its publisher, Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.